Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we are going to study the judgment of the living Israel. And this is part 10 of a 31-part series where we are studying all of the judgments found in the Bible. So the time of this judgment, as the scripture teaches us, is that before Messiah can begin to reign, there must be a judgment to determine who will enter into Messiah's kingdom since they are not all Israel and were spiritually regenerated believers who put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Messiah, who are Israel, but really just because physical descendants only, because not because they have made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And in Romans 9, verse 6, all of the verses that I'll be reading is going to be out of the NIV. This part of the Bible titles this section, God's Sovereign Choice. And starting at verse 6, it is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. The rebels of unbelief must be removed so that the only believing Israel will enter into the kingdom. And in Ezekiel 20, verses 34 through 38, out of the NIV, reads as follows, And I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with and without poured wrath. You know, as I read this, remember when Moses was parting the waters with a mighty hand and an outstretched arms because the Lord was behind him and giving him that, that opportunity. But see, here it says, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and without poured wrath. In verse 35, And I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. As I judged your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will take note of you, as you pass under my rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you of those who revolt and rebel against me, although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. And then you will know that I am the Lord." Wow, that's pretty heavy. So, in chapters 24 and in chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, these two chapters, they set the chronology and thus the time for the events that are to follow. And this part of the Bible is titled, The Destruction of the Temple and Signs of the End Times. 
And we're going to start with chapter 24 and verse 1. And Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and at end of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and, I, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all of the nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the, on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for the pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or in the Sabbath or on the Sabbath. Verse 21, For then will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. 
For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And see, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened, and heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, this part of the Bible is, or this section of Matthew uh, starting at verse 36, it is titled, The Day and Hour Unknown, starting at verse 36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was written in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other one will be left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Verse 43, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and 
would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household, to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant who master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that the servant is wicked and says to himself, My master staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And that's a reference to the lake of fire, where the people that are in there right now are weeping and gnashing of their teeth. Now we want to consider in Matthew, in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 30, we're going to be considering now the judgment of the nation of Israel. So in, in Matthew 24, chapter 24, is really the judgment of the people of Israel. So now we want to see the judgment that the Lord is going to bring down on the nation of Israel. And this part of the Bible that I'm going to be reading, it's called the parable of the ten virgins. And we're in Matthew chapter 25 now. We just finished chapter 24. And starting at verse 1. At the time the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are, getting, are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Wow. 
Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And in verse 14, this part of the, of the Bible is titled, The Parable of the Bags of Gold. And again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went out on his journey. Now the man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with the two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. For you have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. And he, Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, but I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hit your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown, and gather what I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to one who has the ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside, into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we already know that that's what's happening in, in hell as we speak. Now, Part of the removal occurs through the tribulation judgment themselves. 
as we find in Revelation 6, verses 15 and 17. Then the kings of the earth, the princess, the generals, the rich and the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves, and among the rocks of the mountains. Verse 16, they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? So it seems that when the tribulation hour comes, they don't want to deal with the Lord. Meanwhile, all along, they've been saying and unbelieving in Jesus. Zechariah 13, 8-9 In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. And we know that we test gold with fire. And they will call on my name, and I will answer them. And I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. However, we find that, but those who are not killed by these judgments will be gathered, they are going to be judged, and the rebels removed with only believers going into the millennial kingdom. So the order of the tribulation and the judgments is as follows. The tribulation judgments we've already covered, they're found in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 26. So if you want to go back and read those verses, uh, for purposes of our studies, I try to limit our studies to about half an hour max, and sometimes I run just a little bit over. Now, we find that that'll be the first thing. The second thing will be the visible return of Jesus Christ. And we can find that in Matthew 24, verses 27 through 30. Let us read. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, the Shekinah glory clouds, with power and great glory. The regathering of those Israelites who were left after the tribulation judgments, both believing and unbelieving Jews. And in Matthew 24, 31, we find that it says, And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, 
from one end of the heavens to the other. And the word heavens is in plural. So we, we know that there's multiple heavens, and that's going to be a study for another day. Now, Ezekiel 20, verses 34 through 35, reads as follows. And I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath, I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. And that, I mean, just think about that, friends, for a minute. You're going to be, those that are unbelieving, you're going to be face to face with the Lord. And right then and there, he's going to execute judgment. As I judged your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the sovereign Lord. And I will take note of you as you pass under my rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you of those who revolt and rebel against me. Although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. In other words, they're going to be going to hell. And then you will know that I am the Lord. Now, the place of this judgment, where is it that it takes place? So we find that at the end of the tribulation, the Lord Jesus will return personally to earth. Zechariah 14 and verse 4. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley, with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. My gosh, man, I, I just blows my mind. Ezekiel 20, verses 34 through 35. And it says, And I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered. And with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. 35, verse 35. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. So this shows God brings Israel out of the nations where she has been scattered throughout the times of the Gentiles, gathers her to the very last person. And in Ezekiel 39 and verse 28, it says, Then they will know that I am the Lord, their God. For though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. But Israel is first gathered at the borders outside the land of Israel. As called in Ezekiel 20 and verse 35, he says, I will bring you into the wilderness. Sound familiar? 
of the nations, and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. Now, what is the basis of this judgment? Revelation 7 and 14, starting at verse 14. I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Show us that salvation is in the, is in the tribulation, as in the church age, is through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. Now this is further confirmed by the message of the book of Romans, where the apostles show Israel's problem to be one of seeking to establish her own righteousness by keeping the law of Moses rather than accepting God's righteousness by faith in Christ. And we also find that in Romans 9.11, it says, Yet before the twins were born, or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose and election might stand. Matthew 25 through verses 1 through 30, as we have just read and studied these verses in Matthew, shows that God will judge the living Israel to separate the saved from the, from the unsaved. Also, these following passages confirm and convey the coming judgments. Malachi 3 verses 2 through 3 and then verse 5. Verse 2, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Verse 3, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. Now verse 5. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, and against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. And in Ezekiel 20 verses 37 through 38, And I will take note of you as you pass under my rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you of those who revolt and rebel against me. Although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. And this is a reference to heaven. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And we find that here the individual's works will be brought into judgment but not because they are saved by their works, but because their works demonstrate that they are rebels 
who have failed to trust in Jesus. And you know, friends, he really doesn't want to bring judgment on you. He went to Calvary to die for you and I, to give us the opportunity to accept him, to ask him to forgive all of our sins, to ask him to be our Lord and our Savior. But you know, just like we read of what happened in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, how there were people that just simply refused to accept him, it happens today. And why does it happen today? I'll tell you why. It's very simple. You see, Christianity, it's based on a relationship, an intimate relationship with you and Christ. See, the role of a pastor is to help you remember and to teach you the Word of God. But it's not to play God. I'm not here to tell anybody how to live their life. And if you're going here, you're going there because I can't send you anywhere. And friend, if you're listening to this and if you have ever been told that you're going straight to hell because you are gay, because you're an adulterer, because you're a thief, you're a murderer. Well, the answer is, if you repent of your sins with a contrite heart and you ask the Lord for forgiveness, you will be forgiven. And if you ask him to come into your life, he will be your Lord. And by the way, you can have red hair, blue hair, green hair. You can be in jail. You can be anybody. You can be the richest man in this earth. But friends, without Jesus, you have nothing. And you know, sadly, most rich people find it so hard to find Jesus. But I want everyone to know that this day, he extends his hand out to you. As he's done for many days, for many months and many years. And being truthful, you've rejected him. But I want you to know that he's not holding any grudges. And if you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to say a prayer and I'll ask you to please follow along. Lord Jesus, I repent of all of my sins. I come before your throne. I ask you this day to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to take your hand, Father, and I want you to walk with me daily. Speak to me daily. Father, give me hope. You know the situation that I am. And I need you to make a way for me. 
And I know that you can do all things, Lord Jesus. And I accept your sacrifice on Calvary. In Jesus' mighty name. And friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you're born again. I would encourage you to go and get yourself a Bible and look through them all. See which Bible speaks to you as you read its pages. Because it's important for you to have a Bible that you understand. And I would encourage you to take copious notes in your weekly Bible studies. Take copious notes in your Sunday school. Take copious notes when the pastor's preaching. And when you bring all that material home, before you start delving and matriculating all that information, I would encourage you to first go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to open your understanding. Secondly, ask Him to help you remember where you read this information. And thirdly, ask Him to give you the grace of being able to apply His Word when someone needs to hear what you know. And friends, remember we teach in humbleness. Also, remember that if someone comes to you and they're going through a tough time and they're trusting in you, please don't tell anybody. And if your spouse is saved, just say, honey, this is between so-and-so, me, and the Lord. So that you don't lose that person's faith. So that you can bring Christ into, into that person's life. And bring him instant relief and love. And I don't care who you are. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Don't be ever misled in that he doesn't love you because of this lifestyle, that lifestyle, or this sin or that sin. Friends, starting with me, we are all full of sins. And I cannot send myself anywhere, either to heaven or to hell. So how can I send you? No, you see, that's playing God. That's the Lord's job. Amen. Friends, I always close out all of our podcasts in remembrance of the late Pastor John H. Osteen. Pastor Osteen would close out all of his TV sermons with the very best phrase I've ever heard. And I want to share that with you today, but I want you to know to give the proper respect to the late Pastor John H. Osteen. And he would say, friends, keep Jesus first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends, thank you for your time and for the sincere privilege
of you allowing me to share Christ with you. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. And I pray that his blessings be upon you and yours today and always in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, friends.